0: Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast, your first source for film nerds talking about stuff in Michigan. I'm Alex.
1: I'm
2: Willie. I'm Nick.
0: I'm Gojo. And today we are going to uh, bring our discussion of where we would take the DC Universe into this podcast. We're also going to go over kind of a retrospective on zombie films. We will do a full review of Mark Forrester's World War Z and then end with some feedback. But uh right off the top, if you guys could go and rate and review us on iTunes, I know we got some new listeners. It would be good for us if you could just go in there and uh join Gojo's <laughs> no longer I, singular I review. Yeah. Sterling review, that's yeah. it's <laughs> so, in fact true. So if you guys could go in there, give us a rating, give us a review, that would be great for us. But other than that, uh I think we'll head right into our DC universe discussion. Yeah. So <clears throat> um I was excited, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, so DC wants to have the success that Marvel is having right now with films. The Marvel Cinematic Universe is a pretty big sensation at the moment, and uh, as soon as the Avengers made 1.5 billion dollars... An
1: absurd amount of money. Infinity yeah,
0: dollars. DC was like, we're gonna have Justice League out in 2015, and everybody said, sure you are, DC. <laughs> But uh, they they first wanted to take a look at Man of Steel and how that film did, and since it's doing quite well, I'm pretty sure we can say that they're gonna start forming more, co- more coherent thoughts on mm-hmm. that front. Um, but anyway, discussion wise, let's talk about where we would all, what we think the next steps for DCR. They've they've uh, we can kind of take in the pretense that they have Man of Steel out. Um, a sequel's going to happen. Uh, we can talk a little bit about Green Lantern and what could possibly happen with Green Lantern That we, since we've had a failed movie in the past year. Mm-hmm. Or two years, rather. No.
1: Three.
0: Really? Three It's years been ago? three now. Yeah. Okay, well, anyway. Maybe two. I don't
3: know.
1: It's that
0: happens. <laughs> without Green Lantern. <laughs> so, I don't know who exactly wants to start. I think.
1: Well, I mean, I. I you know what? I'm not sure. I'm going to start
0: first. Okay. Um, Willie, Willie, what would you do with the DC Universe if you were the Joss Whedon of the DC Universe?
1: I think there are a few things that... There are a few absolute musts in this case. Um, One, Justice League should not be coming out in 2015. I think that that's a mistake. Um, I think that they should just buy their time and and build the universe first. And I know that there might be a, a part of them that doesn't want to feel like they're copying Marvel, but it's okay. Like... You're not copying Marvel, you're just doing what you've been doing in comics for years anyway, mm-hmm. so <clears copying> I, Marvel. <laughs> yeah well it's, it goes back to be fair, it does go back and forth but um but no, yeah, they do that a lot um <clears throat> no, I think that I think that what they should do is hold off on Justice League, and I think that we if they did uh the next couple of years that they tried to get out at least one movie, preferably two, I don't think they're gonna get two movies out next year, maybe one by fall if they started like yesterday um <laughs> But I think that they absolutely have to introduce um, a new Batman, and it has to be a very different universe from what Christopher Nolan established. It, not, I mean, it should still feel like Batman, but it needs to be different enough. To, it shouldn't be Schumacher, but it shouldn't be Nolan either. It needs to be very, it needs to be able to fit the universe that's been established in Man of Steel, which is a very different universe than Nolan's. Um, but I, I don't think anybody's quite ready for a Batman reboot yet. I think that needs to wait. That needs to be one of the later pre-Justice League movies and the same goes with Green Lantern I feel like those should be the last two before Justice League is released Okay. Um, and I, I so I feel like the next steps honestly are, are Wonder Woman we need to see a Wonder Woman movie that succeeds because she's one of the, the big three and we need to see um, a Flash movie I hear you I think those two are the next if DC if I was in charge those two would be the next on the docket and I think Bradley Cooper should be playing Flash I'm just saying because he's awesome <laughs> and he needs a superhero role and I think he would work fine and one woman's a lot harder to cast because you need to find somebody who's Amazonian and statuesque, but can act and also beautiful. So what you're saying
0: question. is we need The Rock in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> Not a shitty <clears throat> Because I would see that movie. Not a shitty wig. Not a shitty wig.
1: <laughs> I, I no I um yeah no that's great I like that no that's actually kind of horrifying. No, I mean who who
0: who was you cast? Let's look, they, Okay, Adrian Palicki was cast in. Uh, What's that? David E. Kelly's pilot that mm-hmm. never came to air. Yes, she's not. I love her from Friday Night Lights, mm-hmm. but she's and not she was leading material. she was great in G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah, and good, it's yeah. not even that she's not uh, uh, leading material. She's not. She doesn't have the Amazonian physique that I feel as though she you needs know, to have.
1: I honestly have been thinking, and I'm not sure about her height or, or anything like that, so this is just off the top of my head. Um, The girl from uh, Sucker Punch. Not the lead, um, the older sister, I guess, in Sucker okay. Punch. I, I, can anybody remember what her name is? Uh, I'll look it up real quick. Having a hard time... Uh, uh, Abby Cornish.
0: Abby Cornish, yeah. Yep. Because she's she's
1: gorgeous. She, I think she's uh, taller. She's bigger, you know? Yeah. And and we've seen her do fight scenes before, and she's she was very believable. And she can act, so I don't... Like she's for whatever reason the first person oh, to pop. The chick in from List, in right. my mind. Um, I really like her and I think that she'd be very cool.
0: She's 5'8". Yeah. I, I, she's that's, Yeah. I see the thing that I'm thinking about. It's it's a it's a real damn shame that she acts about as well as a doorknob. But uh, do we all agree with uh, Gina real quick Carano. Carano? Yeah, Gina Carano would be great. <laughs> she has the physique that I feel like uh, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman needs. needs, but she doesn't have any of the charisma that Wonder Woman needs. She's five eight as well, so. Okay.
1: And I think I mean honestly, there's no reason why Abby Cornish can't get herself in some jacked.
3: Yeah, I. You I, know I, what I mean. I think you can. Physique is something you can kind of work around if yeah. you're going to do a good character. She does not need to be a. Mom, it does not need to be China. I'm, yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's I I I think it's it's more about yeah getting getting a character down and then, if if you build the character properly, you don't have to worry about her. Not looking like she can lift a bus, you know. Yeah, can we say can we say for certain that are we all kind
1: of in agreement about Flash and Wonder Woman being next in the pipeline? You think? Let's let's go. I'm just curious to see what
0: everybody else thinks about. Yeah, let's go over to Nick and see what he thinks. Where Where do you think they should go next? I uh, I kind of I kind of am in the same boat. I'm not sure that I think Batman
2: should be the last one before Justice League because in this universe, Batman would kind of be the Tony Stark, where he'd be the one kind of. The connective Popping, tissue. Yeah, and kind of saying, hey, we need to recruit you for for this thing we're working on called Justice League. Uh, somebody had a kind of a clever idea where they thought it'd be cool if, if Man of Steel 2 was one of the next ones. And in that one, he crosses paths with Batman, and there's some huge conflict again that, you know, ends up leveling cities and, and just like what happened to Man of Steel. And Batman and Superman are like, there's things that are bigger than even just you can handle or that i can handle and maybe we need to go around recruiting people but maybe they could save that for like man of steel 2 could be the last one and batman shows up in that or i don't know it's hard to say i do i do agree that of the of the characters i think wonder woman and flash are the two they need to kind of prioritize green lantern i'm not sure should get another movie of his own we should, should take the Hulk route. Exactly. That's kind of the way I parallel it, that you need to just recast him and have him be in
1: it and be like, hey, it's me.
0: Hal so Jordan. You, it's me, do Mark think, Ruffalo. Do you, do you think
1: that yeah. the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern should just stay in continuity then and just not not because they kind of ignore Incredible Hulk, but it's technically still in continuity. I mean, if reason. if they wanted to make a new Green
2: Lantern movie and just kind of shuffle the other one under, I'm totally down. Like the Green Lantern mythology is sweet. The potential for a sci fi Epic is totally there. I think it's funny you said Bradley Cooper because I still think he should be playing
1: Green Lantern because he was on the short list. Originally. Yeah, and I remember we talked about this. We thought Ryan Reynolds would make a better Flash and Bradley Cooper would be a very yeah. cool Green Lantern. But I, I I I like Bradley Cooper enough and I feel like he could.
2: No, I like him a lot know. too. I think uh, I think he'd
0: be a good Flash, definitely. Um, I, I I'll state that I'd still be down for Ryan Reynolds as as Hal Jordan, but I'm I'd, super not. <laughs> I like Ryan Reynolds, but
2: he's not Hal Jordan at all. Fair enough. Um I think, hell, I mean,
0: ideally, Fillion would be playing Hell Jordan, but he's well, a little old and soggy right I now. Mean, uh, he's not old and soggy. I get so offended when you say that. It's, he's it's not, true. He's not. Don't tear that away from me.
2: <laughs> he's beautiful. <laughs> he could He could get back for sure. I he think. could. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Um, anyway, that's neither the here nor there. I, I really don't I don't have any It's both here and there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any firm opinion one way or the other on which on which way they should take. I just think the important thing is that they they do take their time. They don't make any plans to make Justice League. They cast strong, relative unknown actors for the most part. I mean I know they, they will need some star power to get people in there for for the Flash movie, probably it wouldn't hurt to have a Bradley Cooper. For the new Batman, I don't think they need a big-name actor. I think they can no. be like, this is your new Batman It's a Batman game. movie. I think Henry no.
1: Cavill is a pretty solid model to Absolutely. work from. The guy's
2: been circling the, the Hollywood ranks for a couple years So what of years you're now. saying is James Badge Dale is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Honestly, He'd would be, be okay. He'd be pretty sweet Hal Jordan, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'd be down for th- that. But that's the kind of actor we're talking about. Exactly, Somebody who's yeah. been around
1: the block a few times. Yeah. They've, they've at least made a few bigger movies. I think the yeah. Lobo movie needs to be
2: the rock. front and center. <laughs> no, I think the I think the important thing, though, the most important thing, is that uh, DC continues to hire directors that have really strong visions and mm-hmm. that are able to carry it from point A to point B and see it through all the way. Because like those I think the Batman that's... movies scream Christopher Nolan, Superman screams Zack. Like this is Zack Snyder's movie. I see it. And mm-hmm. I and I feel that, like this is one of his movies. I think that they can need to continue to find those directors that have a really prominent voice and and
0: which I think is the- a good lesson to learn <clears throat> from Marvel as well. Not so much with John Favreau, but certainly with Joe Johnston and uh, Kenneth Branagh and uh, yeah. Louis Leterrier. You know, whatever. Well, sure, but, no, I, yeah, they have their own stamp. But they have yeah they have people that are they have a very Concentrated like laser beam vision for like especially mm. Kenneth Branagh and Joe Johnston. Whether or not you agree with Captain America in the first place, but Joe Johnston is a period filmmaker. He's an established period filmmaker, right. and they brought him in to work on a period piece. that I was still a think Branagh is
2: like the most inspired
1: comic director.
2: Yeah, ever. yeah. It's <laughs>
1: it's stupid how good it is. Real quick, just just let's just pretend for a second that that before Justice League, in our dream DC universe, we're gonna have a new Batman movie and Flash, and Wonder Woman. Okay, at least those three. Who would you want to direct those movies? Who do you think would be the right... I mean, it, just off the top of your head, does anybody pop in for any of those?
2: I think it really depends on which direction they're going to take the character in. I mean, I I would love to see a, a winning ref and Ryan Gosling Flash. I think that would be a really awesome... I think that's a very cool idea. Um, but, I I mean, I don't know. You could take... Because a guy like Nolan, no one knew based on his... his Resume to date that he would end up just absolutely knocking Batman out of the park, making arguably the definitive Batman that's ever been made. No one really knew that was coming. No. And Snyder, although he's kind of an obvious perfect fit for Superman, I don't think he was the first thing anybody thought either for Superman. How about a Neil Marshall Batman? Dark and gritty. That'd be. Dumb. It depends on the on the scale of the story. I think. I mean, it really it's all it all it really all depends on where they're going to go with the characters.
0: I'll I'll still, go, I
2: still super want to see a Batman Beyond movie. Yeah, I want I want to
0: throw to to Gojo's general um, thoughts, and then we can kind of bring back into. Well, it. I, I I
3: think I think they need to be very careful not to not to overdo this, um, because it, everything Justice League so far to me just reeks of playing catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the except for the movies themselves, uh, well, I mean, Dark Knight was really before there was a big we need to make a Justice League kick Um, Mm -hmm. so I mean that those stood those obviously stood on their own and Man of Steel I was really glad they just made they just made a Superman movie Um, we just made this movie stand on its own Um, they need to focus on on delivering solid characters and then don't don't make these movies to build up to a Justice League. Make these they, movies they for They probably learned that off of Iron Man Two. Yeah, as yeah. Marvel
0: somewhat did. Yeah, Iron itself. Man Two is
3: obviously probably the weakest. Well, I would say definitely the weakest of the of the MCU, and um, it's because they were trying to they were trying to build up into something else. It was not focusing on. Well, maybe it was focusing on being its own movie, and it didn't. Be a very good movie, but it didn't be a very good movie. And this is movies, and you must be good movies. Um, so I, I just, I, if they're gonna do it, I want if they're gonna do a Wonder Man movie, a Wonder Woman movie, Wonder not Man. a Wonder no, Man a Wonder movie, Man. which uh, got my ticket right now, um, or a Flash movie. Just, just do good movies about these characters, and then maybe just. Use your post credits sequence to to hint at Justice League to to so then when you're doing Justice League you can just do Justice League. Um, I I I think it's it's the important thing is to have a solid foundation upon which you're building your franchise and they really ha- they have that so far. I I don't think you need to make a new Batman. Um, he could be maybe just Bruce Wayne pops up in post-credits, uh, you know, saying hey uh, let's <laughs> Build this team. Woo! Go, yeah. go, go DC. And Green Lantern? Don't need to do another Green Lantern movie. Don't need Hal Jordan. Um, honestly. I mean, so you could recast. John and, Stewart? Yeah, why not? And have John Guy Stewart Gardner. play John Stewart. John Saint Stewart cast John Stewart. Yes. No, you
0: need Hal. <laughs> um, okay, so I think basically what we can take from this is that they need to straight up copy Marvel in the sense that. <laughs> in the sense they that need they to, need to make good movies which yes, is not copying yes. marvel that's just being
3: that's, successful that's copying it's being responsible filmmakers other, yeah they i i like i like dc's tone more than probably more than i like marvel's tone actually how they've gone for mostly fairly serious movie movies so far which is interesting um,
0: because it kind of parallels the comics in my opinion because
3: yeah marvel's a very marvel's a very like broad appeal kind of pulpy not Mar- pulpy but but a little lighter fare kind of sometimes. And then DC gets very serious with their, with their source.
0: The way that I kind of would put it is that Marvel's very much, these are superheroes that have the same problems as you, and DC is very much like these are archetypal superheroes yeah. that, you know, it's they're kind of on the opposite spectrum. So in, in the sense that if their movies kind of are in a similar, like if they're situated in different tonalities too, I think that works. But Oh yeah, definitely. I um, think that's
3: to dc's strength to play it that way too yeah because then even if you're following the same grand scheme as marvel of uh movie 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 woo, 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 big movie um then at least you're differentiated enough in that you've made yeah people I mean, people wouldn't yeah.
0: be crying foul of them quote-unquote copying my Mar- i mean the marvel fanboys will but they're always yeah. going i to see do
1: that. and that's the thing is like I, I don't understand why anybody would complain about that like
0: we're getting good movies because they copied off Marvel. Getting, therefore, they like, suck.
1: If they could copy straight up, exactly copy more or less what Marvel's done. and I'd be like, okay, I'm not mad at you guys. Like, okay, we're getting good comic book movies, so that's, I don't care. That's,
3: honestly, that's that's how, like, that's kind of how the industry works. I mean, with okay. major transformative changes, people do end up kind they of they follow suit. That, yeah.
1: yeah, it's it's that's business. Yeah, it would actually
3: be really cool of them to not even do any
2: post credits. If like they, you know, here's Man of Steel movie, here's your Flash movie. Here's your Wonder Woman movie. Here's another Green Lantern. Here's another Batman movie. And then like they're like, this is just Justice League is coming out on this date in like 2018 or whatever, and this is their release date. And no one knows what it's about because none of the heroes have interacted yet. It'd be kind of cool if the movie basically starts with some Mm -hmm. cataclysmic thing heading, and Batman's like, oh shit, and he's like, well, you know, I've been keeping tabs on all these people in the universe. Maybe it's time to go meet them all. And you spend like you know 15 minutes like. Of him just kind of zipping around. trotting, Yeah. And just like, or, you know, maybe he and Superman have at least been in in talks because they're kind of the big two. And Bruce is like, I got this badass space station. Let's go live up there.
0: We've heard rumors, back to (laughs) internet rumor mill that we complained about last week. Um, (laughs) We've heard rumors of World's Finest. And how do you think that would work? So, so let's say we don't need another Batman origin let's just say they're straight up like here's the cowl insert name here make make a batman movie yeah what would you feel if they just ended up going the route like because the rumor was that instead of being an actual justice league movie in 2015 that it would basically just be a world's finest movie which would be batman and superman teaming up to take something down like what? What, are, what are like, I what I thought. I that has been going on for like fifteen years. Well, yeah. so is a Justice League movie. True, <laughs> but I mean, so, so, so is Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Like, there's a friggin' billboard of it, and I Am Legend. If you want to go take a look at that, but I think of of the two
2: heroes that are likely to, to team up in a movie, it would be those two. I mean, they don't make any sense as like partners because they're on completely they, different scales. Yeah, yeah they, like, just they like, are the two that they're the yin and the yang of each other. um... You know, I think if you throw those two in Wonder Woman together, it'd be really cool. Trinity, but yeah, I don't, I don't really
3: know. I don't know. I'd rather see individual movies first. I, I, th- I think <clears> the, <throat> the world's fans would probably be a little more doable. Uh, yeah, you certainly. Throw that. I mean, if they want to throw something
0: out there, well, I mean, like already got if yeah, we're if we're mainly free. capitalizing on the fact that they don't want to reboot Batman, but they also want to step on the superhero movie train while it's currently running. Yeah like if they were to just go ahead and be like world's finest you know like that'd be a smart way to do it yeah. i think it i think it's good as long as you know it's th- you know they're clearly not going to get christian bale that's just not going to happen unless i honestly think batman
3: reboot is it's 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 needless cuz i mean look at i mean you can't look at it from a like a gross like box office gross perspective but look at incredible hulk uh you you basically rebooted without rebooting at all. Um, because everybody knows, I mean, the origin of the Hulk is something you can tell in the opening credits. The opening credits. You told it very well. Um, the or- you don't need to tell the origin
0: of Batman. He's a guy who decided well, to f- and rich I mean, guy who decided to fight crime. Let's um, even let's Batman. even look at like one of the major problems that I had with The Amazing Spider-Man was we, took, we spent 45 minutes of a movie seeing the origin of something that we saw less than a decade ago.
3: Yeah, and like, I think if you try to make another Batman origin, then you run the risk of it might feel. Yeah. So, well, what are to, we yeah.
2: debating here? Batman reboot or Batman origin? Because they're totally different things. You well, can have, I
3: think of we're, a, we're a, saying that if they do can a,
2: Batman have reboot, a Batman
1: reboot and not show the origin. that's not think yeah. yeah yeah that's movie. what I think we're saying is they if they do a reboot if they decide that's the way that's the course I think, then
3: I, I guess I guess reboot for me is kind of synonymous with redo the origin. A Honestly, Batman, if they announce it's it's more of a restart than a reboot. Uh, a con- like a continuation, rather if the, than...
2: If they announced, like, tomorrow, like, hey, we're shooting, we're having a new Batman movie come out in 2015, and it's starring John Hamm as middle-aged Batman, <laughs> which is my dream. <laughs> or, like, something, it's starring this person as a middle-aged Batman doing his thing. I'd be, like, down 100%. Like, I want to see that. I want them to not, like, wait forever to out of fear of continuing because Batman's a character he doesn't belong to Christopher Nolan. he doesn't belong to Christian Bale he's a character let's make another Batman story if it's if it's gonna work then make it don't be afraid don't put it off till you know 8 years. Don't have to wait a certain amount of time that's why I like Amazing Spider-Man because they're like you know, screw it let's make another one dude I, I totally better, understand yeah. your complaint about the origin I enjoy it because I think it's different enough and I like I like seeing the origin a little bit different but for a Batman movie like the origin's been done to death and let's just start a movie with, like, Batman in, like, his late 30s, early 40s, just doing his thing, as we know him from, like, the animated series
1: kind of style. I just want to say, Batman movie, Neil Marshall, Killer Croc is the villain. No, listen to me here. Listen to me here. Ron Perlman is Clayface.
2: Let's just move on. No, seriously, seriously.
1: If Neil Marshall would be perfect for it because he's done creature horror before. He'd be perfect. And it would totally be like, yeah, we're not doing, like, the super realistic thing anymore with Batman. This is a new... Like, how... How better to do that than to go? Hey, there's a cro- crocodile man in the sewers. Like, boom. Game. Plus, you never played before. Might be tough
3: to start with after Lizard. I mean, that
1: is true. Um, okay, Solomon Grundy. Yeah,
3: yeah, nailed it. Or freeze? Well, no. Uh, calendar ban. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm down. Calendar Man and M.O.D.O.K. D.C. Uh, <laughs> crossover. You have got... I will buy every seat in your theater. Can you, can you do you your, your Calendar Man impression? Calendar Man! That? What is the date? The date of your death, Batman! <laughs> <Not> <laughs> why, why are you not playing Calendar Man? Um, I can neither confirm nor deny any rumors that I am playing Calendar Man. You were in a production... Rumor mill, production. let's start this thing. I was, however, in a production of Wizard of Oz <laughs> on the stage where I did not... Play Calendar Man.
2: <laughs> I think... Uh, oh, man. You can't um, follow we, can, we, man, could, no, we could talk for another, for another 20 minutes about <laughs> there, what we want to see from which tool. directors and which heroes and which pairings and which actors, but I think it's pretty obvious we all just want to see them keep making sweet movies like Man just, of Steel. And, and don't rush to meet Marvel at the finish line. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, I mean, it's... I mean, based on the... I mean, this is another concern, too, is, like, the rumor mill from Marvel of the last few last month or so has been ugly. There's been, like, a lot of yeah. ugly talks of people quitting and people being pissed off and people being forced out of editing rooms and that sort of thing. And if these hold any water, I mean, DC might just have to wait a little while before Marvel finally trips and does something retarded.
0: Well, and it's not... It, see, my fear is not about Marvel tripping. I think they can both coexist, because they have... Like, in the comics industry (laughs) so my biggest fear we have this two decade long you know almost two decade long production of these superhero movies and people were commenting on the bubble burst like you can go to you can go on Rotten Tomatoes and look at Incredible Hulk reviews and pull quotes are like I think I'm just done with superheroes that's what I'm more worried about. You see, you see, that just the training. I get that. DC gets there. Yeah,
1: I get that. But I, I honestly, I, I think we passed the point of if a bubble was going to burst, it would have burst. I honestly think we have. Honestly, superhero movies are their own genre now. They are. They're they're, they're a genre of film now. I, I think, and I think, like, I cannot tell you how many times I've had customers come in. And, the only time I have customers come in and ask, like, did you see? movie blank in the you know did you see it and it just came out that weekend it's always a comic book movie that's always what the people are excited about so i don't well
2: the thing that dc really has on their side in terms of stretching out their longevity is they based on nolan's movies and, and man of steel thus thus far is that they're taking they take very human problems and tell them through this character as as a means of telling a story they don't set out to make a movie like we're gonna make the movie about Iron Man called Iron Man. They say Nolan says I'm gonna make a movie. I'm gonna tell a story through the character of Batman yeah. as a vehicle. And Snyder's movie is kind of like I'm telling a, a to a lesser extent, but I think arguably still there. I'm telling a, a very human problem through the character of Superman. To a lesser extent than Nolan, but I think that the argument mm. can still really I, be made.
3: I would disagree that Marvel didn't do that, however. But um,
4: I, but I, but uh, I do think know.
3: I do think. Well, name one. Uh. Well. Iron Man. I think it was it was about a guy finding what his like what his true purpose is. Um, in the world. Like he like he thinks he's on top of the world, you know, he's he's you know, Tony Stark, perfect, flawless human being. And then he gets taken down several notches in the cave and he's like, Everything that I am at home means nothing here except for my ingenuity and he learns to pull himself up and then make something of himself instead of just yeah, I mean it's not something any of us have dealt with. I mean, I don't think you guys have ever had crises about being billionaire playboys. I wish so that's I had what had I mean. Crisis. That's um, the
1: that's Iron Man's origin, though. That's what happens to. But I think the most I think about the best example yeah, of that is the Thor movie, because if yeah. anything, the last person we should be able to write to is a is a thunder god. But somehow they take that real problem that everybody everybody's felt the problem of like getting too big for their britches and and starting to alienate the people around them and and then coming back down to earth and realizing look. I to need to be literally a- coming
0: down yeah. to earth.
1: L- yeah, but literally. I think
2: Thor is clearly a cut above the rest though in terms of storytelling. Like it's
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I- not
2: saying the other ones are bad. They're just they're, they're they're what we were saying 5 minutes ago about Marvel. No. They make
0: you entertaining. You're you're absolutely right yeah. that Nolan Nolan has come out and said I I didn't pick the Batman movie because I wanted to make a Batman movie. Yeah, I picked totally, the Batman yeah, movie totally. because I thought I could tell an interesting story. No, I totally agree with you on that. I don't feel as though Zack Snyder succeeded at doing that with Man of Steel at all because none of us are going to relate to I'm an alien and I have superpowers on Earth. No, I th- I th- I think yeah, I think
3: I think the Batman telling a story through the character is is more it, it's more Relevant than Superman. I mean, they did that more in Batman than they did in Man of Steel.
0: Batman's like the one of the more relatable. Like he's an orphan. Superman is an alien. Orphan. Wonder Woman is an Amazonian. Yeah. Hell, Jordan gets a mystical <laughs> well, ring from space. And
1: I think that's why it's smart. It's smart for DC to do this, like you're saying, like what, like picking directors that want to tell a story using this character to tell that story. Not, I want to. I really want to make a movie about the guy with the ring that shoots the stuff out. Like, no, seriously though, because I think arguably DC Comics characters are harder to relate to for an audience than Marvel characters. Part of it is that Marvel movies take place in real places in the uh, in the world. I know what New York looks like. You know, like there's there's they've always made sure to keep you know what I'm saying, keep those that universe Mm -hmm. feeling. And DC is a little different. You know, it's it's a little more fantastical and stuff in a lot of aspects. And so it's it's I think it's smart that they're saying. You know, I'm going to make a very human story about someone who's extraordinary. You know what I mean? They
2: touched on it a little bit in Green Lantern. They kind of got... Cause each of these... It's, that's the trick, is finding the the character flaw inherent to all the DC guys who make them, who make sure. them weaker. Yeah. And in Green Lantern, they kind of got it a little bit where mm-hmm. he was kind of doubting his own power. And, like, choosing someone who has the capacity to be this incredibly strong-willed person but has some doubt about himself. If they took that... If, basically, if they just sat down and said, okay... Here's here's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern. What's one big human issue we can cipher through each of these characters and make that inherent to their movie?
1: That feels organic for that character. Exactly, and helps us. I don't want to see out. like a Green. Like, I don't want to see like a Green Lantern like alcoholism movie. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Like I don't want to see a That's Flash Batman movie. <laughs> That's I don't want to John see Man. a Flash movie about you know like. Struggling with your sexuality or something like, uh, they go, there's certain you know. You but on a, I mean, they on they a do.
2: serious note, compared to that though, like why not? Like why not tell those stories through these people that? Because like Alex pointed out, like DC's characters have always been these ones that are supposed to be there up on this pedestal, and like like Russell, in Russell Crowe's monologue A Man of Steel, you know the people will, will come behind you and follow you and all that. Like why not take those characters that are up there and
0: make them relatable in a way?
2: Oh,
1: they need to absolutely.
0: Okay. Well, I think <laughs> we've gone over a little bit, so write in to feedback at com. Let us know what you think about our talk. Let us know what you think about where you would go with the DC Universe at this point. Uh, you know, just any general ideas, let us know. Um, we should move on to our kind of historical review, hopefully led by <laughs> Willie, of uh, zombie films yeah, I'll, in honor I'll, of World this. War Z. So.
1: I'm, I'm, my body is ready. <laughs> Um, well, no, I mean, I, I, I just want to talk with you guys about zombie movies in general. I mean, that's, you know, I it's something I've been wanting to do since we started this podcast, because I'm a huge zombie fan. Yeah. And I, I, I'm I not trying to, I don't want to sound elitist, but I've been a zombie fan for a long time. Like, well before zombies were cool.
0: I think we can fully acknowledge that with The Walking Dead becoming a huge smash hit. And that, the
1: billion video games that have been put out about zombies. Yeah, and stuff yeah. everybody's
0: yeah. a zombie fan now, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Zombies but I mean, are in vogue right now. I was, yeah, I mean, like, I was a big zombie fan. I got Dawn, or Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead on VHS for Christmas, which is awesome. And I remember watching them and, like, trying to talk to kids in school about them, and they were like, what? Shut up. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk about that movie. Well,
2: zombies were a joke for a long time. Because zombie yeah. movies had a reputation as low-budget, like, schlocky. Yeah, real corny. Cheesy and, effects.
1: And kind of Ed Woody type, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. But, um... No, serious
2: horror movies had, like, Draculas. and Yeah, Marvel's.
1: they did. They the Hammer stuff and whatnot, but I... I guess I'm 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 curious to hear where you guys got your first zombie exposure. Well, and how you feel about the the genre in general. You know, I, you know,
3: I, d- I don't remember where like what my first zombie movie was, but I think I'm like, <laughs> I mean, what was like, what was the first movie of this era that really of star- dawn of the dawn of the dead or and form. resident that and, Rez- was, and resident evil in two thousand two, <laughs> it it did to a lesser degree, it did, probably,
1: and and I mean. like I said, I think the video games had a lot more to do with the movies. like even. left
3: for dead probably had a, had a
1: the resident yeah. evil series, the dead yeah. rising series, uh. Dead that, Rising probably had a huge all, all that I mean now mm-hmm. there's a zombie game every week but, yeah, so yeah, yeah.
3: but yeah, I'd say Dawn of the Dead was probably we my find first big zero uh, uh, four Dawn of the Dead four was yeah. probably my mm-hmm. like first big zombie experience. Um, Speaking of Zack Snyder, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't I've seen Night of the Living Dead original, um, but so, um, it was during like a, a group. Gathering and we kind of did mystery science theater to it. Sure, which yeah. I feel guilty about now. No, and, that's okay. In, in <laughs> Willie's presence, but it's a, it's a it's a funny. I mean, it's it's
1: it's you in age you can,
3: it you can have fun with that movie. Yeah, um, totally. But yeah, and then I th- I think like probably like the rest of us, I think I picked up on Willie's uh, zombie enthusiasm, <laughs> uh, and his yeah.
0: infectious zombie enthusiasm. Oh, oh man, watch I out. really.
3: I really got bit by a zombie. Impact. No, sorry, we're not doing this now. This is movies. This is movies. This is movies, not puns.
0: What about you, Alex? Um, this is puns. See, I don't really, Punny I guys? don't really know where, where my the infection first, took hold. Yeah, where the first uh, infection vector came into my life. I certainly did play Resident Evil, the video game. That was probably my first serious exposure to zombies in any sense. Mm-hmm. And you know the whole. Like that's one of the hallmarks of survival horror video games. That that's basically the game that started survival horror. Um, and I can still recall that first cinematic of walking up to the guy bent over, and you hear the chewing noises when you're in that hallway. As like Jill or Chris, and then it cuts to the cinematic, and he's like, and he's all gray and has it's it's that was pretty terrifying. It's as like a seven year old watching his brother play <laughs> Resident Evil, but. Um I mean movie-wise I had definitely seen Night of the Living Dead, but it was it's more, it, I I feel like uh, there's a station here somewhere in the Detroit area that would air it every Halloween mm-hmm. and they would dub stupid jokes into it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Like he'd turn on the radio and it would be like uh, I forget what song it would be playing, but it'd be like a joke song. Like little things like that. And so uh, I've just never like zombies haven't been super close to my heart, and I certainly have looked at them more, you know, now that I know Willie and and I am a fan of The Walking Dead. Um, I remember my first viewing of Dawn of the Dead four was with you guys at Nick's house, what? like a few you years ago. <laughs> yeah, and it, it was it was quite good, but um, yeah, I mean, I, not a huge fan of zombie movies, but it's not I don't hate them. Sure. So sure, it's it's much. Horror in general for me is kind of a, a lesser priority. So. Sure. Nick? Uh,
2: I don't remember really the, the patient zero of my, <laughs> of my zombie experience. I remember, actually, I remember there are one or two episodes of Mighty Max that deal with zombies, one in particular that was terrifying. And I remember seeing that as a kid and just being like, ugh. Were they the slugs on the back of their necks, turning them into sound? There was that one, and then there was one of like the Atla- the dead Atlanteans. That oh, that was were so creepy. That episode was creepy as yeah. hell. And also some some Resident Evil mixed in there, because our buddy John used to come over with his PlayStation and play it. Um, <clears throat> but I think, I, I remember seeing Dawn of the Dead 04 in theaters... With
0: this guy. I'm re-ruining it. He's, oh, he's yeah. pointing to Gocha. Yeah, we've yeah. told this story on the podcast. think this this has been told? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's been told. It wasn't you. Nick Nick shared this story, probably. It's legendary. It's of my it legendary was, flatulence. It was in a food <laughs> yes. for thought, yeah.
1: There was a flatulent moment,
3: and the whole theater was eruptions Throughout the theater, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a performer, what can I say? <laughs> However, not a performer who will be performing uh, Calendar Man. <laughs> or not. Or, I cannot confirm or deny. Can not <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Donald dead four
2: was was really sweet, and I remember us debating for many hours afterwards where we would hold up if. Yeah. Like, that's my my I think my we fascination. the
3: Costco or the Gordon Food Service.
2: No, it was actually the Ammo Store across from Steak and Shake on Six and. Uh, no,
3: we were gonna we were gonna zip line across to the Ammo because there was a Gordon Food I mean, we're Service make across John the street run
1: because he's the fastest runner. Yes. <laughs> yes. See, and this is this is this is what I find so cool about zombie fiction in general, and what I think I. I kind of had an affinity for it is that I was always, as a kid, I was always very creative with me and my brother and the, the kids in the neighborhood and stuff would come up with like different scenarios. And so sometimes we'd play like X-Men and I'd be like, I'm Nightcrawler and you're Gambit and like we had to storm the Sentinel factory. And like we make up this stuff and play it in the backyard and whatnot. And zombie stuff was always like perfect for that. Because you can take almost any kind of human being and plant them in those scenarios. Any environment Because everybody has to go through a zombie. Yes. I mean,
3: if in the zombie universe, everyone has exactly. to go through that. and Exactly. And
1: you can, you can there's so many different variations on the zombie that's what, on, always, on the concept. that's what I've always
2: liked about it is less, less the creatures themselves like usually I'm always interested in what a zombie movie what direction it's going to go with the creatures like the what, rules what, of yeah, yeah what what they're like and all that but I'm more intrigued by how the humans are going to react but mm-hmm. I think I have to mention it I think my fondest I mean obviously when you and I became friends in 2006 Willie uh, I immediately like recognized your affinity for, for zombism and yeah, uh, yeah and really enjoyed that and then when left for dead the first one came when the demo for left for dead was out and i remember, didn't i tell you about it Lynn? well like, i came Dude. to your house yeah. and we played it for like we replayed it for for like two and a half hours and i and you me and zach were, were there and i left and i was like like scared like i got in my car and like sped home and i came home and i like kicked in the door and i was like to my brother i was like oh my god i just played the coolest game You're not gonna believe it And I told him all about it And I told him And then he was like I have to play it And we downloaded the demo we played it And he was like Oh my god And the the four of us Would play it Constantly (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's just There's something Inherent to zombies That um, And I'm actually Gonna talk about this When we talk about World War Z But there's something Inherent to it Like That involves like Humans banding together and like teamwork because nobody can survive it on their own. Oh yeah, and that's what's so appealing about it. I think is that it really brings like it's always a great way to tell like ensemble stories. Like, Dawn of the Dead 04 I think, is still just an immensely watchable movie for all the characters and all the actors mm-hmm. in it. Not to mention the zombies look great. And the oh totally. Great. I, I Ooh, think Twenty Eight Days Later. Never mind that. Uh, before that's it, fantastic. I too. loved that movie when it came out. I remember seeing a featurette on it and being like, they shot it all on like a. TV tapes, like I was fascinated by that aspect of it, and then I saw it, and I remember I couldn't stop thinking about it. That was before Dawn of the Dead. four. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah, it's I. For me, it's 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 cool because it's I, I like the the emergence of of popular zombie stuff. Now it's it's yeah. the, it's cool to be like to, like, because for a long time I felt like I was, like, the only kid that, like, got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, now I'm like, yes, I was right, you know, like, <laughs> other people cool, like this. Though. I mean, I knew that there was, like, a cult following for the Romero movies and stuff, so I knew I wasn't, like, the only person, but sometimes I felt like it, and it's, it's cool, but at the same time I'm kind of bummed a little bit just because I feel like the well is starting to dry, you know, and I, I mean, I will get into it with World War Z and whatnot, but um, I will say that before we review that it has a a little bit of a different take on, on the zombie thing which yeah, is nice yeah. um, but I'm wondering how much longer we have left I, I feel like this one's I'm not as worried about the superhero one like we talked about earlier I'm a little more worried yeah. about this because I'm not sure how many different um, when I'm starting to get sick of zombie stuff yeah. it's disconcerting yeah. like I'm not I'm, I'm not watching The Walking Dead and enjoying it nearly as much yeah. I'm not reading the comics as much and enjoying it I'm like I didn't even try to play The Last Resident Evil barely. I haven't even bought Revelations. I haven't even played Dead Island Two. These are things that I would be, day one. I would be devoting my whole day to. So I think maybe I'm well, even starting been to. Market's
2: flooded, and with a when a market gets flooded by something, it's kind of quality is is bound to decrease because they're just. Well, there's more stuff, out. so yeah, yeah. They're just churning things out just to get people to buy them, and inevitably, it's not as there's anticipation isn't there where, oh my god, they're making another zombie game?
1: What? Yeah. But I will say that, I will say that, um... They're making another Blood Dragon? What? There are some of the best stories I've ever ever read or watched or experienced are are zombie stories. And it's not like, it's not about the zombies. It's about the people trying to survive. Yeah. And, And I, and I, you know, like... I mean, two of my two of my top ten movies are zombie movies. Like, in my top five, I think. Like, I love... I, 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 I hope we do a retro view someday of an older, you know, older yeah, zombie movie. I think that's doable. An one. older Romero one. Maybe one that less people have seen. Maybe like Day of the Dead or something. You know, because I think Dawn's been done to death at this point. But it's... Well, it's The, the uh, stories that are told... Uh, it, I mean, I... Uh, uh, God, that was such a cool part of my childhood. So it's it's... I... I almost wish you a fond farewell zombie, you know, <laughs> zombie genre. Like, it's been a good ride, but I think it's starting to come to an end a bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll
3: see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. I think there's there's still more to- stories that can be told. I just hope they're good universe. stories. I think yeah.
3: we'll still get a few more quality ones, but I think this is when... We're definitely on the downslope here. When we get a zombie romantic comedy, it's... Not to comment on quality, haven't seen it, but it's like... Speaking, uh, speaking, you're you're, of, you're you're put you're put too much out here. It's a little disconcerting. You're, you're speaking of warm bodies, warm bodies, which honestly, I, I will say, I thought that looked pretty good. Which I've weirdly preview. heard is actually a very very I've, good movie. i heard <laughs> Like, like I said, not to comment on the quality,
0: but, but I feel it, like we're yeah we're starting to. But I also I also feel like that's where it needs to go in order to be in order to stay relevant. relevant yeah. It just go different directions. Yeah, yes, you're so. probably right. For it to be something that stands above the the crap that is, you know. Resident Evil six or seven, whatever one's going to be out. Retribution tives. Yeah. Well, it's, it's always what? been
2: a thing of zombie movies though, and horror movies in general. That for every good one that's released, six go direct to DVD. Sure. Out- and I mean, there's sure. something to be said. Up the
0: arteries of Netflix. <laughs> there's something to be said about enjoying a schlocky zombie movie, but you know, oh for sure. All right, um, I think we're going to take a quick break before our review. So uh, we shall be right back before we review World War Z all right we are back before we head into our review i just now realized that somebody important to all of us passed away on sunday that would be richard matheson author of countless books Countless Twilight Zone episodes, countless media that we've all experienced at some point. It'd be interesting to go back and do a little bit on him at some point in the future. But I mean, I am Legend. He wrote like an episode <clears throat> or two of Star Trek back in the day. Um, he wrote the book that Real Steel was based on. He's uh, What Dreams May Come with uh, Robin Williams. All kinds of all kinds of stuff. So
1: also Gandolfini and Gandolfini.
0: Yeah, and Gandolfini too. I, to I, I completely that slipped through the week, but James Gandolfini passed away as well. Very sad. He was super awesome. He was.
1: I just rewatched Bert Wonderstone on DVD, and he's like one of the funniest parts of that movie.
0: I think his character was one of the more interesting characters in Killing Me Softly as well. So. That's Killing Them Softly? Killing Them Softly.
2: Yeah, I think uh, that's that's exactly what I was just gonna say. The movie's pretty shitty on on a whole, but he was he was very good. And someone online made a great point where they said it can. It really speaks volumes about an actor when they can play a character who's in a movie for maybe 15 minutes, and it feels wholly fleshed out, as yep. if he's had a whole movie to devote to building his character up. Yep. I think mean, that's absolutely the way he felt. He felt he was awesome in that movie. Yeah. And apparently he was like just a class A dude. Mm-hmm. Like there were a lot of people talking about what he was like to work with, and that he was just a
0: total teddy bear. So, pour one out for... Two those, out. Yeah, pour two out for those two bros, and uh, maybe we'll talk more about them later on. But we'll go into our review of Mark Forrester's World War Z, starring uh, Brad Pitt, Muriel Enos, um, James Badge Dale, Matthew Fox. (laughs) Yeah, Matthew Fox, David Morse, uh, and many more people. But uh, synopsis on IMDb is United Nations employee Jerry Lane traverses the world in a race against time to stop the zombie pandemic that is toppling armies and governments and threatening to destroy humanity itself. Pretty boilerplate, yep. which you'd get out of the the uh, trailer. Um. So, World War Z. It's had kind of an interesting past uh, or, or a, a, an interesting road to actually being on the screen. Had a lot of production troubles. We heard a lot about uh, I don't know if we, did we ever hear anything about Mark Forster not like, losing control, as we have other...
1: I don't think was, there was anything about him losing control. I think it was just that there were there they, were some issues with um, with test audiences in regards to the third act. Okay. And
0: that pretty much all the third act was reshot because okay. of that. Okay. Yeah, they they basically cut at a very distinct point and, you know... Started from scratch. The first trailer even references them going to Russia when they don't actually go to Russia at all. There like you have that. it. So, in, in this final product. Wow. So, um... Gojo hasn't seen the movie. What did yeah, What did I you think about seen it? Which what?
3: would make you kind of wonder why I'm here. Um, I kind of foisted myself upon the podcast today. This so. is the second time. This though. would be the second time. You, but you the not, la- not, I,
0: not 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 foisting yourself upon the podcast, but without having seen the movie. Yes, um, you, you also had not seen. I was
3: a source expert because uh, I I was in a stage production of The Wizard of Oz. I have not been in a stage production of World War Z <laughs> uh, yet um but uh i have i honestly when when this movie was hap- like before it was like happened and it was happening i had almost <laughs> no thoughts about it i'm like another zombie movie i it was yeah zombie fatigue i think it's, i don't care that's um, basically how i felt i about think we it all too. felt that way a little uh, bit i i didn't follow any of the build up to it so i couldn't tell you if it, if uh, that that apathy was based in anything it was yeah. just another zombie movie uh, I guess I would kind of hope that it's it takes it in a different direction like like maybe like Warm Bodies I guess to reference like what we just referenced it, you've got do something else with a zombie movie instead of just making a zombie movie does it do that
0: yeah well we'll, we'll get yeah, there yeah, I, okay. I feel as though you I would, wanna, say, it I push you I would alone, say it does I would say it does yeah. I think it does um, Nick is the only one of us that's actually read the book and I've heard that book comparisons are pretty pointless to make pointless He's, yeah so it's pretty slim. Yeah, um, which is fine. Yeah,
2: I think it's fine. Yeah, a lot of people don't I'm, think it's fine. I, you know,
1: <clears throat> I couldn't tell you because I haven't read the book. Yeah, you would think I would have. but the I guess book that's, would never. We're work getting as back a movie. to again, again into me not to not doing zombie stuff anymore. Um, the book would never say, work as a
0: movie, though. Okay. Uh, World War Z took second at the box office, with sixty-six million, which is more than a lot of people expected it that's to get, great. or even getting. Talks of uh, the studio moving forward with a sequel. Mm-hmm. So uh it comes after Z. Ooh. Z Z? That's the end of the L. am
3: Sorry. Oh my god, World War Alcoholics Anarchists. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Brian Arbor.
0: <laughs> um, anti air. Starring Riptorn. Yes. So so Willie, what what are your, let's start with your thoughts on World War Z. Um,
1: well I went into it, you know, like they said kind of Lukewarm on the idea of it. I didn't. I was not interested in it. After seeing the trailer, I thought it looked really stupid. Um, I thought it was trying. It was like afraid of being a zombie movie, which is like, why? Like you're cl- you're clearly a zombie movie. You're called World War Z. Yeah. And that really bugged me. Um, but I, I I actually surprisingly really liked the movie. Um, I think that it does things um, with the zombie genre that haven't been done before. I think particularly in scale. Um, geographically, zombie fiction tends to be very small scale. Um, I mean, anything yeah. as small as a mall in *Dawn of the Dead*, to a house, a yeah. house in *Night of the Living Dead*, to to as big as maybe uh, you know what we've seen in *Walking Dead*, and they really haven't made it too far in *Walking Dead* geographically. I yeah. don't think either. Um, so they're typically very small, more intimate stories that take place in the overall apocalypse of what's happening, and that's very cool. And I think that works very well because you can tell unique stories that way. But we've never seen a globe-trotting zombie epidemic movie, and it's very cool because you you're able to see. I feel like this is a very realistic portrayal of 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 what a real government breakdown would be like. It's not like instantaneously nobody's in contact with an, anybody. Like there are
0: Continuity pockets plans, yeah. here and
1: there that exist, and there are plans set in motion that that keep you know certain. I mean, yes, when, initially when all hell breaks loose, there's a lot of confusion, and, and as there would be, but they do a very good job of that, and I thought that was very cool. I also liked seeing how different um, countries and and types of people dealt with uh, what was happening. You know, they all have kind of a different approach to... Yeah. Some want to sit and hunker down, some take a more uh, aggressive approach towards the whole thing, and it's very cool to see that. Um, I think the set pieces in this movie are awesome. I think they're all totally different enough from each other to keep things fresh and interesting all throughout. You know, there's there's some that feel like chase scenes, there's some that feel like um, like, you know, the 10, 9 8 the bomb's gonna go off, kind of like race against time type things. There's some that are kind of more uh, creepy and eerie, yeah. and, and it's there's some that are more action-y. So there's kind of a cool mixture of different types of tension that get, get, get thrown in there. I do have a couple complaints. Um, I think that primarily in this movie the the zombies are are cg primarily especially in the big group scenes um and the effect of seeing the zombies move kind of like a wave of like a wave is very neat it's it's a cool concept and it's not something we've seen before um i think sometimes it looks a little funky and i think sometimes it feels a little goofy um when they're like climbing on top of each other to
0: and it's i mean that's kind of a function of Zombies behave erratically anyway, so yeah, we like they they would it, it'll look weird to us no matter what because it's people contorting in very strange yeah, ways. Yeah, it's very, yeah,
1: it's certainly a little strange, and it, 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 I didn't hate it or anything, but it was a little weird for me. Yeah, um, and and I have some issues with how I I don't want to get too much into it, but how the how the zombie the rules of the zombies. If that makes any sense. The rules of the zombies themselves and what they are and how yeah. they work. Yeah. Um But mostly I mostly I really enjoyed the movie. So I, I you know, I I think it's a success. I think it's it's certainly the most tense zombie experience I've had in a long time. Yeah. Probably since the pilot episode of The Walking Dead, so I gotta applaud it for that. But yeah.
0: Alright. Nick, World War Z.
1: Um
2: we're having a spoiler section, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I went to see it on Thursday night when it came out And I I remember when the trailer was initially released I was like, oh god, that looks stupid Like, same thing And then they released a newer trailer like two or three weeks ago And I was like, it looks way better And suddenly I became like way excited for it And so I went on Thursday with some kind of whatever expectations I don't know whether they were high or low But I, I left on Thursday being like, damn, that was sweet Like, I, I really liked it uh, Saw it the second time with you fellas And also thoroughly enjoyed it that time I don't know if I enjoyed it more or less the second time. I think probably about the same. But what was cool was that the suspenseful parts held my attention the second time. And I, I didn't get bored. I didn't uh, check my, my watch either viewing. And I think that's pretty that's cool good. that the movie moves at a good pace. It doesn't feel too short. Yeah. It doesn't feel too long. I, I would welcome it to be longer. I think it would be, as like a two hour, 15 minute, two hour, 20 minute movie, I think it would be awesome. Um. <clears throat> But just overall impressions, it looks great. Like it's a cool-looking movie. There's so much moodiness in the in the lighting and everything. It's it's really, and it, it is a PG-13 movie, like we noted. But I think it's the fact that it still is a very tense movie a lot of the time and very suspenseful, despite being a PG-13. Probably the only PG-13 zombie movie that's ever been made is a, a testament to you know some skill there making it and using things like the lighting and the and the sound and the editing to really ratchet up some tension there's a really cool bit of editing in the third act that I I was just like I wanted to clap the second time I saw because it's it's so well done Um, but I think the number one thing that I, I walked away from really enjoying about the movie both times is that this is the I think the first horror movie I've ever seen where all the characters are smart they're all smart people and they all do smart things and nobody in the movie does anything that makes you want to pull your hair out and go you're a moron like Everybody in the movie is like a, is a, like a fully functioning, intelligent adult who does smart things in the face of these like problems, and it, that was such a relief. I remember seeing it. the first time I watched it. I was sitting there and I was thinking the whole time. I was like, "That's pretty smart. That's probably what I would want to do. That's what I would want to do." Like, Pitt's character is very believable as, uh, as the guy who, it, like, the movie feels like a like a Harrison Ford movie, like. Take like clear and present danger and just overlay it over this movie, and it's kind of the same movie. You've got a big issue that one guy can help solve, and all the supporting characters in the movie are there to help usher him along to his ultimate goal. Meanwhile, his wife and kids are in trouble, and he's looking out for them. And and he's just a smart, capable, kind of almost stereotypical man like leading man in a Hollywood movie but I think that it, it works because that doesn't happen too much in movies anymore and it's not over the top either he's not he's not a Superman character like his character is smart enough to recognize when he isn't capable of doing something like when he's talking to the doctor on the plane and he says these are the soldiers like listen they to listen to them yep he's like if they move we move he's like if they say get down we get down like he throughout the movie he defers to the experts he's not trying to find the cure himself he's like let, you know let this doctor do it and I think that that's pretty cool that the movie doesn't try to turn him into like the gun-toting badass who saves everything and fixes every problem. He, you know, gets screwed up and I mean, things don't it. things yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Evil things syndrome. don't always go his way, and I think that that's really cool that the movie wrote a character that's pretty believable. And somebody actually criticized online. Uh, they said, "How is how does one movie follow one guy and his like close group of people and none of them die throughout the course of the movie? That's stupid." And a lot of people fired back with like that's actually kind of a relief because in every zombie movie like every character gets picked off eventually and you're just waiting you're like okay that guy's the cocky asshole he's gonna make it to the third act and then
0: die this like you the, the movie. Well, I'd say even <laughs> at that like he doesn't necessarily have his own group that he sticks with the whole time too. But so. I
2: think it, like Willie said it's a pretty realistic representation of like what would happen in like a governmental collapse and like that there there would be these pockets of you know there's like think tanks. I, I loved that scene where they're on the ship and you see like the think tank of people trying to decide well what you know what's happening. It was cool to watch
0: like. Government fall into order and like
1: you don't see zombie apocalypse movies from the government perspective no it's always is,
0: it's it's always about extreme isolation and dealing with it yourself
1: totally it's about usually about unprepared people or people yeah. with very little training which is which is it's very cool to see I think it, and it, it really it I think it totally worked
2: and it is very very believable that he would get this call and be like you're my you know you're my guy, you're my investigator guy, I need your help and he's like okay I don't want to help you. I need to help stay with my family. Well, then your family gets kicked off. Okay, I'll help you. It all just every, everything makes sense. Every every step that the plot follows from A to B, I think was was well done and, and made sense. I think it, it would benefit from being a little bit longer, but I, I really am impressed with the way they managed to tell this huge scale story and yet still keep it focused on one guy and not lingering too long on any one area. It was cool, but I think it was really it was really a huge kind of relief almost to see characters that were smart like that it reminds me of what Tim said about Star Trek he's like I miss seeing movies where we see adults doing their jobs that have jobs and that are good at them and like that's the way I felt when I was watching this movie and I wonder what
0: Tim would say if you know, he saw it's, it it's very interesting that you bring that up because I didn't think about it that way the only time that I like, I feel like there is a time where logic escapes somebody in this movie but it's a very small point and doesn't matter that much but it is very interesting to think that this is like a horror movie taken from well, I and I don't necessarily I wouldn't say horror. I think this is more of a thriller than it is horror. It's not a horror movie. It, yeah,
1: it really and, and, and you know judged against the usual zombie thing. It's 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 almost not a zombie movie. It's more of like a political crisis, like like a, like a, a a disaster movie. It's almost more of a disaster movie. You know what I'm saying? Is it? You know what I mean? Like it yeah. feels more like a no. like a yeah. like a Roland Emmerich type. You know what I mean? Type of of movie. It has horror moments. Yeah. It's a a weird weird
0: movie to try to classify. There were times where, and that's what I appreciate. I was trying to think about it earlier today. I was like, I was never scared about anything. But there were times where I was shaking my head because I was like, no, this is horrible. There's something bad about to happen. And it's not because the person was stupid. No, it's It's because it's a horrible situation. You know, you hear the sound or you see the dots starting to get connected and you're like, this is... The sound design was sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know... Props, props to it for a lot of a lot of different thinking in the way of a zombie movie which is that's that's awesome because it's very easily here's a group of people fighting zombies mm-hmm. like and it's awesome that they didn't fall into that kind of trap and they actually took this opportunity to tell a different story and the fact that the story got through despite the fact that they had a supposedly ruinous third act that you know could have which sounds kind of awesome <laughs> well for for different reasons but yeah. you know even so this i think what what we've heard about that act and what we've heard about what we got or what we know about what we got i think this is a more this is satisfying I mean. yes, and absolutely you
2: know, and slightly different from the yeah, usual thing it's
0: a kind yeah yeah um but no i enjoyed it very much i you know i'm a pretty big brad pitt fan so i'm it's always good to see him. There's a few like good moments, especially earlier on, where it's really Brad Pitt. Like, yeah. the daughter's like, "Do you miss your job?" And I, I know you laughed at it pretty hard. And She's like, "My new job making pancakes. <laughs> you yeah. Yeah, but I'm really good at." It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, so That's super funny. I, I always appreciate Brad Pitt for those kinds of moments. But it's good people. Um, but yeah, I think it, I think it was pretty well acted. Score wise, I think the Muse song was an interesting choice, and it really worked for the the opening, but I... Oh, I forgot to talk about the opening. The The point where it kind of... You, we can come back to that, but it kind of... They easy. use it as a recurring theme, which is cool, but I kind of was pulled out of it a little bit, <clears it's throat> kind of that's kind of personally, like, you know... Like I said, I was watching the opening, I was like, I've heard this song before, and then it said, with music from Matt Bellamy of Muse, and I was like, oh, that's right, I've that's heard this I performed it. live, because <laughs> I went and saw it. But, you know, it... Uh, so that took me out a little bit but it was still it's, a, it's cool and, and you know even seeing the, the, the song live like the stuff that they played it with and the imagery that they were displaying as it was going on it makes complete sense that it's a, it's part of like a zombie like political thriller kind mm-hmm. of thing um, but no I was I was very surprised that we got this high quality movie out of the production disasters that were supposedly happening while and you know it's kind of interesting that we talked about internet rumors and and things going on last week like this is one where we heard about all this stuff which you know as it turns out was true it was true and it certainly colored my perception about things Mm -hmm. like it you know not i i always try to go into a movie pretty clean like you know obviously there's movies that i want to see and movies that i don't really care about this is one that I didn't really care about, and I was worried because of all the bad news that got out there. It's but, hard not to be. Yeah. So I and I think I think you know I think the bad news was purposeful and not purposeful. Like we didn't need to know about it, but everything that happened happened for a reason, and they got a good movie out of it in the end, which is you know props to them.
1: Triumph through torment. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's it's cool
2: that they somebody cared enough to be like, let's sink another
4: you know 100 mil or whatever into this and it thing it seems and, like it was brad pitt it does. from what we
2: hear but who knows Really, it's pretty cool that they were like you know let's not settle for you know maybe if this isn't going well let's see what we can do to make it better i think that that it's interesting i wonder almost what would happen if that kind of thinking happened more rather than just like well it's made let's not spend any more money let's just take what money we can get out of it and then write it off call it a day because that kind of stuff happens in movies all the time yeah
0: it's probably yeah. too far away for that happens in movies happens in video games yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> more than anywhere <laughs> yeah exactly video games it's even like hey let's throw it out there and we'll patch it later but <laughs> one thing i forgot that i wanted to say real quick because i, I want to make
1: sure that people that aren't listening to spoilers here it is the the pg-13 rating thing that nick had mentioned i was like i went into this kind of like you know i'm totally okay with this being pg-13 and i I don't need it like I don't need it to be like a super nasty gore fest and I still agree with that. But I will say that I feel like some of the scare factor of the zombie is is toned down when there's not you don't see what they're capable of. Yeah. Fully see what they Like sometimes you need to see how nasty they can be and you can't really show how nasty they are if you don't if you don't You know what I mean? Like it's not I don't know. They, they didn't they weren't able to go there with a PG thirteen rating, and I don't it's not as
0: the enemy isn't as scary for it. And there's there's this weird like cognitive dissonance kind of between the idea of I've watched The Walking Dead on T V on Sundays and seen worse things than I saw in this movie. It is a little strange, yeah. Despite the fact that The Walking Dead is rated like T V MA or whatever and that's above PG thirteen technically, but nobody cares about T V ratings, so
1: Yeah. So that was a little bit it didn't ruin the movie for me, it didn't kill any of the, the tension. But I felt like the zombies were not as scary because part of this, one of the scariest things about zombies is that they eat you. Like that's scary as hell. Like they're like sharks. Like <laughs> well, I think the movie the movie focused on if if you know if we're gonna address a fear,
2: there's really no fear of being eaten because you're probably already dead by the time they eating you. I think that just they focused on the fear of being grabbed by this foreign body and being turned. Into something.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's fine. I think I just, think, I just think that being eaten alive is like the scariest possible outcome ever in anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's what Jurassic Park scares the hell out of me. That's why you know what I mean. Like, sure, there's something there's something inherently human about not wanting to be prey for something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know.
0: That was just whatever. I think your your thoughts on the the intro might be more well-served in the in section. Spoiler yeah, that's fine. The, then you can...
2: I wonder why they went with the PG-13, though, because I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, for more money, try to get more people in, that's... but I mean, there were... that The one I went to at 10.45 at night on Thursday, there were kids there. Oh, i like, sure. children.
1: In sure. all honesty, some... Nah, I mean, I wouldn't bring like a, like, a six-year-old to it, but I think, like, 12, 13 could go see it without any major issue.
3: Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Honestly, though, I... Some family brought their like six-year-old kid to Watchmen. I think pe- yeah. people do that. Yeah.
0: Superhero yeah. movie. People don't care. Still All right, C. quick letter grade, and then we'll move into Ooh, spoilers.
2: Um, I'm gonna give it a B plus. I think it's another A for me. I've been handing out a lot of A's lately. Something's something's going on here. I don't know.
0: You got to see a horrible movie to that's put it to yeah, calibrate. See, I think
2: I think we're building towards it, and within the next few weeks, I'm gonna see something that's just gonna
0: make me grumpy. Um. I, I'll go with an A minus. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It turned out way better than than I expected from the news. So, uh, I think that's about it for now. I was going to give it a five. <laughs> Gojo, having not seen it, gives it a five. Yes, so, a five out of a five out of question mark number. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to go into spoilers.
2: The mythical seven.
0: We'll just go. We'll. We'll. I'll insert a fake break here. But we'll be right back.
4: Hey. Okay. Did you guys
3: have as much fun on your fake break as I did? It was so <laughs> good. I man, you got a lot accomplished. Check out these nachos I
0: got, man. <laughs> they look really tasty.
3: I do not have nachos.
0: <laughs> Acting.
3: Um, I acted about nachos
0: so spoilers for World War Z Gojo what did you think
3: oh my god the time Robert Downey Jr. shows up in 13 Iron Man suits all at once and says Brad Pitt you're in the Avengers let's go and they go to an alternate earth and they fight zombie Thanos that was amazing I thought you were going to say something about all the zombies turning out to be
1: actors well
3: you said they were CG so I knew that was not true
2: (laughs) CG right. was was good overall. Actually, jumping and continuing that because I remember in the first trailer it was pretty dumpy. It <laughs> yeah, was clearly, I, I have... it wasn't good. But yeah, it, it I, was I, I way think I, I... it was way like it didn't meld with the actual lighting. Like the <laughs> they looked like looked like liquid. they were like, flat flat lit. They were there was no like sculpting to it. It looked very goofy, and I remember being like, Ooh. <laughs> plus that that mixed with the concept that they moved like a school of fish was. Everyone's just like, "What the hell?" Yeah, like someone just dumped out a bowl of zombies. That's like, <laughs> kind of what it looks like. No, it's very,
0: it's very interesting watching, like, paying close attention to what's going on and seeing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't do it. It's okay. A bowl of zombies. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. I'm not going to be able to watch this movie. Right <laughs> I'm going no, to a guy just, just on camera going... <laughs> just no,
2: it looks, it looks better now. Like, it was cool that you could see them kind of, like, clambering over each other.
0: Oh, night. boy. Cue the zombie poor. Yeah. Zombie hose. <laughs> um, zombie hose go. But no, yeah, like, watching them get trampled and seeing, like, the torsos, like, twist and, like, just everything. Like, looking at the individual parts, it... it, it Adds to the like your it doesn't cross that uncanny valley like it looks very weird but it's also interesting to kind of think about like the that kind of the physics of it even though there's no physics to any well of it like the opening all. talking
2: about the opening sequence which I thought was really really cool it it grabbed me right away like both viewings and I really loved how the title did kind of the Terminator thing where it was like zoomed way in on the on the letters and yeah they, but the way it kind of Blurred what you were seeing was really neat and weird, and I was it's just a weird like music video director background kind of stylistic choice. It looked so like it an old really
1: school kind of title sequence that you don't see anymore. Yeah,
2: it was really cool, just and but showing all the all the nature stuff and showing all the animals that have like a hive or a swarm mentality was a really interesting precursor to the movie. Yeah, I don't know showing what I was the doing. Bees
0: and the schools of fish. I do know what I was doing. My mind was otherwise occupied, yeah, so I wasn't thinking the about them at all. Well, something. that's that's what they were that, like in yeah. the movie,
1: though. So it totally made like like they were like army ants, like they were just piling over. Well, to well even on, like, the, on the, know, the second
0: school.
2: viewing, uh, during the scene where they're where they're piling up to get over the wall mm-hmm. in Israel, I was I was kind of because I knew what was going to happen, and I wasn't like along for the ride this time. I was kind of looking at the at the the pile of them, and it was really funny because the one that's at the top, there's like one guy, <laughs> one zombie who stays at the top just of the pile, like, <laughs> arms outstretched <laughs> to the heavens. No, it's funny because as as more of them are climbing up, he's like continually just like as one goes to try to overtake, you see him like climb up over that one. Like they're actually like climbing on each Apex other. Apex zombie. <laughs> it would it would be super
0: interesting to pick it apart and actually look at like the individual animations. Well, in the of shot
2: the, where they all flip the bus, and there's just so many of them climbing yeah. over the bus, it's just very cool. Like that, they spent a lot of time on that CGI trying to f- make each unique zombie look. And in the The Philadelphia scene is so cool, because that movie, you know, six minutes into the movie, it starts. Mm -hmm. And it does such a good job of them being stuck in traffic, and you see the helicopters, what's with this, and the cop cars, you're like, what's with this? And then the explosion goes off, and they're like, what the hell is going on? Mm -hmm. And that truck just comes out of nowhere. But when everyone's just running, and they don't know why everyone's running, they just know something's wrong, and there's quick flashes of, like, you'll see a zombie face run by, and you hear the audio of it, but they never show one. You don't really see one until that first guy turns. Yeah. And it's cool that they're interspersed in the crowd, because the second time I was watching it, I was like, oh, there's one way over there. They're just, like, they're sprinkled throughout. And it's cool to watch it, to watch the city of Philadelphia fall in the opening scene, basically. Yeah. It's really awesome to, to... in real time basically and that's like that's how it would happen simultaneously this is happening across the country and around the world and just the the magnitude of
0: that is is really awesome two notes number one i did not cry during this movie (laughs) i may still have brain cancer though more on that later um more on that later but uh the only like ice pack moment that we may have the only ice pack being blown (laughs) could very well be the the semi coming... Number one comes out of nowhere, which you'd hear that semi crunching all truck? of those cars. Yeah, the garbage oh, truck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You would hear it crunching all those cars on its way up, and then on top of that, it's not just going to push all of the cars in front of it forward. Like, you're going to destroy everything in front and around of that garbage truck as it barrels through all of it. Yeah. But, Broken physics. It was you know. something. Cool scene. It's I like it. dumping a bowl of garbage truck onto the street. <laughs> doesn't work. But, you know, whatever. It's a small complaint. Didn't really care that much.
2: You know, there was, a, there was a little moment that I thought was really kind of beautiful and eerie that I wish they had almost taken a second longer to appreciate when he and the pilot have left South Korea, which was really sad after after JBD went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're flying, and they're in the middle of the talk, he's on the phone, and a, a damn nuke goes off. Yeah. And they're both like, "Whoa!" They would look out the window, and he like loses the reception on his phone, and, and Muriel Enos gets sad on the other end, and he gets sad. There was something really pretty about it. That from way up there, I was like, "Okay, they're not gonna get hurt by the nuke," but it was like, "That's a serious holy shit moment." Someone threw a nuke down. Yeah. Like this movie's taking itself fairly seriously. A <laughs> nuke went off, but it, and then the scene just moves to the next one kind of quickly, and I was almost hoping for like a cool like kind of sad like *Planes, Trains, Automobiles* style music. Q, and for the two of them to be like, look at each other, like, holy damn, the most powerful weapon the human race holds just went off, and it didn't do anything. Yeah, it didn't help. That was a really, they could have done something really, I'm not asking for a whole scene, but just like, some a little exchange about that would have been interesting. Well, it
0: feels like it's a function to end the phone call, which sure. leads into my issue that I was speaking of, the moment of non-intelligence is her just calling him, like, Hey, you
2: know what's up? I want to talk <laughs> to you. That's the bad. ultimate, like, "Honey, don't call me while I'm working." Exactly. <laughs> it's
0: like he's out there with these things that are sensitive to sound, and she's just gonna be like, "Oh, I'm worried about him. Let me call him up." I, don't, I, think, just, I, I think, don't think it's unreasonable. I think it's dumb that he doesn't have the phone, like, off, and I think it's dumb that she would call him. So there's dumb in both directions I don't there, think that's but. so dumb, because even he doesn't get pissed at her, because he really can't. He's like, my well, wife's worried about me. He's, he's understanding of it, but I think it's dumb of him to not have it <clears> silenced. silenced and it's dumb of her to think about, like, not think about those... Like, he very clearly says, I will call you, and that's how you know I will be okay. Yeah. But... Small Someone gripe. I just think it's too. dumb. It's use. It's a. It's a. You know. It's a. It works though. It's I a remember seeing you in the theater going, oh no! Yeah, as I soon as like, she
2: pulled up the antenna, you guys saw you shaking your head. Yep, and you were like, that was one of the moments oh, where I was no, like, "This is bad this news." This is right bad.
0: Now. But yeah, <laughs> this is bad.
1: <laughs> All right, what else, Willie? <clears throat> um. Well, before I say my positive things, I want to get nitpickies out of the way. Okay. This is Willie's nitpick corner. <laughs> um Welcome. Um, First thing I wanted to mention was I feel like there's a a scene on the runway when they're trying to refill the plane. It's way too freaking dark. I honestly couldn't tell it was Brad Pitt that got tackled at one point. I was like, who was that? I seriously could not see what was going on. Guy on
0: bike A got tackled.
1: And maybe my vision's getting bad or something, but I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one because I looked around and I saw a couple of people going (laughs) squinting at the screen. Um, that was a really dark. The rest of the movie, the, the lighting is fine, but that seemed really dark to me. Yeah. Anyway, um, I some of the side characters, and this is probably something to do with the fact that like the last third of this movie is different, um, get really, really shortchanged, and I'm unsure of why they cast actors in these roles. Like David Morse is in this movie for like a minute of screen time. Why? What's the point? Like, it's
2: I See, I don't know why that bothers people, though.
1: Because I get psyched. Like, I, I'm like, David Morse is in this movie right now, and then it's like, they ripped David Morse away from me. Like, they just yank him out from under me, and I'm like, oh, I liked you. Like, I always think that's awesome when it's, like, it's known cool. actors do tiny parts. It's cool to cast known actors, because I liked it in Argo, and I liked it in, in Zero Dark 30. It's cool to cast real actors in small roles, but as long as the small roles serve a purpose. David Morse was advanced the plot to the next act yeah but everybody advanced the plot to he the was, next act he was, so ex- it's a little he was bit exposition machine kind of kind of and I'm like give the man more to do than that if you're gonna hire David Morse at least let him give a freaking speech or something sweet like, or be a badass commando he did, he that like. An awesome line eh, I don't know it, it, he felt wasted and, and I think Matthew Fox totally felt his credit as paratrooper <laughs> Like, I love Matthew Fox and it was kind of a bummer Like, I'm like And I know for a fact that has something to do with the third X, so I can't really be angry at anybody for it because his part was bigger at one point. But it's still... It's almost distracting with Matthew Fox because it's like he doesn't have anything to do. Like, get on the copter! Get off the copter! (laughs) 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 Go back to the... It was weird. Anyway.
0: (laughs) Excuse me, ma'am. You'll have to come with me.
1: We need to go back. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) And uh, so those were a couple things. The only other thing that, that I was a little bit... I love the globe-trotting. I've stated this before. I love the globe-trotting. But there's a very simple formula every time they go somewhere. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this on the car ride home. And it's, it's very much, Brad Pitt gets there. He immediately meets the person, that or meets the person, instantaneously meets the person that has all the information he needs. He learns he shouldn't be here anymore. Zombies attack. He flies away. And it happens like four times in yeah. a row.
0: That... That scenario gets a little old after a while. It clearly didn't hamper our enjoyment of the movie, no, but it's, no. it's, it does feel somewhat formulaic. It's a little bit. I
1: mean, the, the actual set... Once the zombies show up, it's, they're all different unique. Like I said, they have interesting set pieces. But that formula of, I'm here. Oh, I shouldn't be here. I should be here. I'm leaving. Zombies. Goodbye. Like, that's, that's boom, boom, boom every time you land somewhere. Like, almost instantly. Yeah. Um,
2: I think it could have stretching a movie's
1: length a little bit might have helped with that because yeah, obviously I, in Korea they
2: landed at the military base so there's
1: no reason there why he shouldn't have immediately. Ab- met absolutely, the but I, it would have been okay for me to see him spend a little more time with those guys. You know what I mean? Like I know that he he doesn't have to, but there's no reason to rush through it. They could have. I feel like there's still some story to be told with what those guys have been through too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you hear a little bit about what happened in the room that was burned and about. But I, I, I mean, it's it's arguable based on the
2: nature of his job that he has no reason to linger if he doesn't have to, because mm. he's like, we're going to Jerusalem, Let's
1: and go. that's totally fine. I, I understand that that's, but it, it does feel a little formulaic like that that's how things go down every time. You know what I mean? It's just like, I'm here, tell me what I need to know. Okay, I'm going there. Zombies. I'm out. Um, even in Jerusalem, it happens a little bit too, the same. In
2: Jerusalem, life. I could used a little bit more of him on his on his drive in from the airport like maybe checking out the city a little bit more and I would
1: have liked to have out. seen some of the people of Jerusalem and like how how they're I don't need like a huge in-depth thing about how they're getting by but like it would have been cool to have some insight into like the
0: wildlife of Jerusalem yeah like
2: what's life Actually, like I for those I would have liked to have seen more of Wales because the, when they go to that little city it's really sweet there's like people in their houses still that That's what I'm saying. There's like,
1: we we rush a bit through that stuff, and I'm not saying that they need to spend 15 minutes of screen time at every location they visit because that would probably get pretty. Like, Can we please move now? Like I'm that would be kind of the opposite of what I'm saying. About that formula. <laughs> exactly, but like there needs to be a middle ground, and I don't quite feel like they hit that middle ground. You know what I mean? Like I feel like we almost <clears throat> we're like leaping through so quickly, and I like the I, I do like the pace. I like that we start real quickly. It's not like we have to have a ton of like backstory about this family before we get into it, but like... Well, the whole movie feels urgent. It totally does, and that's great, but I would have liked A Little More Time in Jerusalem specifically, because I thought that was very interesting.
0: And yeah, yeah. No, I think I think the pacing... This movie's paced really well, and they did a good job of not weighing it down, and there's danger of weighing it down. Mm-hmm. When, but... We're zombies? I, I do agree that it would be... There would have been some... There could have been some worth in spending time and... There is obviously some worth in trying to break up the patterns that that they fall into, but, you know.
1: And James Badgedale should have just gone with him, because he's awesome and <laughs> he sweet There's a fan.
2: lot of really great dialogue in this movie. Like, yep. uh, everything James Badgedale said was really awesome. Like, not only his delivery, but all of the dialogue was really good. All of David Morse's dialogue was very cool. Uh, the dude in Jerusalem who was, like, his contact, that guy had so much awesome dialogue. And his whole speech about the Tenth Man, mm-hmm. that shit is awesome. Yeah. I remember being very taken by that whole theory. I was like, this is and the, really cool.
1: And one of those examples where the dialogue is so awesome is the young scientist that yeah. goes with him on the first yeah, ride the into Nature Korea. A, has an amazing spiel, and I'm like, man. I like this character instantly, not just because he's on Game of Thrones, but he's super cool. <laughs> he's on Game of Thrones. He's Ricaro, one of the Dothraki guys that hangs with... Generous, anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. He was. I was like, "Hey, I know you." Um, <laughs> but like, if his like, I I really was like into that character, and then it's like, seriously, he slips and falls and blows his own head off. Yeah, that Come was, that was pretty lame. And I'm like, damn it! Like every time I like somebody, you take them the away from me. See, I know, but was right. bring a second guy that's not as interesting and have him fuck up. Like I like yeah. that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: that that's kind of a, a good point. It brings me into something that I wanted to talk about. The dr gregory house moment of brad pitt putting together the pete like it, it was really really well done in that you see like there's the moment of them in the cell talking about you know the one they they avoided all the zombies avoided the one dude and he had the limp and brad Kitt- pitt kind of takes mental note of that but it's not overplayed and then the next time that it occurs is uh one of the men in Jerusalem is like running down the street and he's going between the cars. Yeah. The old man. And that one is even like, Oh, it's kind of a fleeting moment. Like I didn't even register that they weren't going for him. And then finally you get that third one with the little boy Mm -hmm. who just kind of puts his head down and, and you know, lets all of the, the zombies run past him. Like when it finally gets to that moment where Brad Pitt starts putting the pieces together, I was like, I think that that was really well done, and it wasn't, like, it's interesting that those pieces were there and that I didn't necessarily pick up on them. And then even when the movie presents me with them, I don't necessarily go where Brad Pitt has gone. Like, I don't know where exactly his mind is at with...
1: And it's cool insight in that, why he is the best, you know, like, why he's so good at what he does as an investor you know what I mean like you can see it Yeah. you're like well even right
2: away during the Philly scene when he sees observing. someone get bit mm-hmm. he counts like how yeah. long it takes for yep. something to happen yep. he doesn't obviously know what's gonna happen but he starts taking but it's a useful tool for him and when like, the multiple blood, times when the movie. blood gets in his mouth and he runs to the rooftop edge immediately and he's ready to kill himself yeah. he starts to turn yeah. and then his, everyone's like what are you doing it's he's very
1: cool. got my mouth yeah, he seems like a smart dude. And that's, that's what, what makes him was, a cool character. I've heard a lot of people complain about how he's not that interesting of a character. It's like, oh he's just an a relatively nice and brave dude that has a family. Like why give me more like and I'm like, he's actually pretty cool, like, because he's not he's not like hamming it up in this movie. He's not doing any sort of weird quirks, Is it, like he's he's being a guy who's really good at his job and like wants to succeed in this mission. There's nothing wrong Luke with that. Who can observe and react quickly? Like when she gets hit yeah. on the hand a little scratch and he just like oops, instantly hands well,
2: chop off. Yep. <laughs> And he field-dresses it on the plane, and, like, mm-hmm. when that, when all the zombies... A lot of people were complaining, like, that's so unrealistic. Why are the zombies all in coach and not in first class? And like, well, <laughs> the people in first class were all asleep. Like, the zombies aren't going to go up there unless there's noise. And the way he sees it, and he was like, let's pile some luggage, let's try to make a barricade. That was kind of silly. <laughs> Probably, well, but, but It worked for But what, man, what else are you going to do, I yeah. guess? I mean, yeah. Deuce, that's what's cool about his character, that he, he is quick-thinking, and, like, he reacts in, in ways that are clever. One thing real the quick. Blow- the, the
1: plane going down scene was That was amazing. That, and we were just talking about how we were... So one of us was saying for After Earth, we were getting sick of seeing people get sucked out of planes. I think Tim said that. <laughs> this time it was totally cool, though. Like, I was like, I'm down. Like, it was I like cool.
2: the shot of it just, just barely clipping the mountain and you see just a couple zombies fall. Yeah. <laughs> <The> um, sprinkles. <laughs> one thing real quick. The <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sprinkle the zombies. Sprinkle the zombies. And, and, well, the shot when it comes back from the plane crash is really sweet, where he's just hanging there in the wreckage. Yeah. yeah. He's got the big piece of shrapnel in him rebar or whatever and I love the look on his face when he <laughs> when, I, I think I was the only person in the theater that reacted when uh, when he lets himself out of the seat and falls to the ground and he kind of sits up and you hear that noise and he kind of turns over his shoulder and you see the zombie still stuck in the chair Like, and ah. then it look comes to him and the look on his face He just kind of like <laughs> and then kind of goes back to uh, what he's doing like
1: alright that zombie's not going to hurt me for now yeah. it just was it's a, a nuisance for him yeah the one thing about the zombies they do I do want to say real quick is I wasn't nuts about because they didn't seem like reanimated corpses to me throughout the course of this movie. They seemed like people more like twenty eight days later, like they were infected human beings. But still they their hearts were still beating. They were still but they were just mad. Like they were insane. And they It was were, interesting that they
0: chose to call them undead. I didn't like that. Because they didn't even seem like they died. But no. I think so I think I think a function of that is these are people not understanding what's actually going on. Maybe that... that well, they it came they tried off... In, they tried to infect them, though, with, with deadly... Yeah, and they can't infect them. Because they're already dead. Yeah. But it's like... Maybe you just can't infect it's them. It's such... With... Like, they don't have a full grasp of what's going on with these... Like, they, you know... It just came off to me like they knew
1: exactly what they were
0: talking about. Like, we, we've studied this, we've figured out that
1: they're, they're corpses... And that bugged me a little bit. Like, if that is the case, if that was the intention of the filmmakers, that these were living co- undead... Yeah. It, they didn't
2: seem like undead to me. I'm like Well, in the words i I thought it was awesome that the movie used the word zombie and that they were like, "Hey, these are zombies." And yeah. and that numerous characters throughout the movie were all like, it sounds stupid, but that's what they are for all intents and purposes. And it was yeah. cool that the movie basically acknowledged the fact that oh, this memo came out from Korea and this doctor in India said there's zombies, and every, most people in the movie, 9 out of 10 men said that's ludicrous. And then the 10th man was the one who said well, let's let's explore that.
1: And the Pepsi commercial is awesome. As I
2: was just gonna say, the last thing I want to say, the Pepsi commercial is <laughs> I know you so
1: awesome. I love that part so much. I don't know why. <laughs> it's it's just, funny. To
2: me, is so. It's such a whether whether it was intentional or unintentional. It is the most. Because in that moment, you kind of need like. Like a oh, like a breath exhale moment Cause like as you, as Tim would
0: say a moment of levity
2: mm-hmm. you do need a moment of levity and that what was more what gives you better levity than just a guy stopping for a minute in the middle of the Holocaust to just like pop open a Pepsi and be like oh damn it that was good like <laughs> that was so awesome I was
1: like it was it was very much a Harrison Ford moment too by the way it was like know like you were saying it was a Harrison Ford yeah earlier. it was just an
2: every it was just an every man moment but obviously it served a purpose too when he ejected the pop machine to lure all the zombies but oh my god dude if I didn't like if everybody in the theater when I saw it on Thursday didn't just start clapping and laughing and like like that's totally it was just such a relatable moment in a weird way yeah he injected himself with like meningitis or something and A is still alive and B has found has like can pat himself on the back he's like fuck it I'm having a Pepsi
1: (laughs) well and for all intents and purposes he does not necessarily know that it's going to work on that giant group of zombies like he doesn't know for a fact that all of them are just gonna be like, "Hey!" That scene like... was
2: really cool. That was the scene I expected Alex to cry during. Because the music <laughs> is the music is really,
1: really good, and finally a
2: really strong, cool theme hits at that part. And maybe if you, you know, if or when you watch it again, you'll notice it. But there's a really cool theme that this really kind of triumphant yet still like interesting theme hits, and he's just walking like, I don't know. It just it was a very cool moment to have all those zombies run past him, and uh, it was just really cool cool scene. Brain cancer wasn't pressing at the right <laughs> dendrites And like them hugging each other and be like we did it. <laughs> like the guys in the Who yeah. command room was uh I, I was weirdly it was very Harrison Ford movie-esque where I kind of wanted to be like yeah. Get it. You got it. You got this. Not really because there's still six billion zombies or whatever to deal with <laughs> but good job Brad Pitt.
0: It was funny. Alright. I think there's more to talk about but we are running We are running pretty long. Uh, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the axed third act but you know maybe we can save it for later if people are interested in hearing it or whatnot. but basically just google search um, I searched for what got cut world war z comic book movie and there's a pretty good synopsis of what the third act was actually like check that's it it's completely different totally different so
2: that's actually pretty cool because somebody noted that none of the third act of the movie the finished movie that we saw is in the trailers yeah which is awesome not a frame of
0: it that's awesome it that is awesome they, actually... should, they should have told me that so I could watch the trailer I'm just But, am um, but no yeah it, it, I would appreciate it if more movies did that because it sucks that I can pick out parts of trailers where I'm like oh that's the last frame of the movie and, you know. but anyway so that was that we'll move into feedback we got feedback from Elias in Stockholm, Sweden
2: Whoa.
0: I know yeah. right pretty crazy um just started listening to your podcast and really enjoy it. Got tipped by Joanna Robinson when I was listening to A Cast of Kings. Thank you, Cast of Kings. Uh, I've all, I've only listened to a couple episodes, but it's no doubt that you have a lot of you have you have a lot of both fun and important knowledge about movies and people involved with movies. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Elias. Uh, one thing I thought about is that in the Argo, Ma- the Master, and Wreck It Ralph episodes, which is the ones that I've listened to, listened to. You all have the same opinion on the movie. I don't know if that's common, but the circle-jerk action of the discussion makes it a little less interesting. I get that it's hard to know beforehand what you're going to think about the movie, but for the sake of the podcast, I believe that some tweaking of, he says, deviant opinions would make it better. I wanted to talk about it real quick he does hit it on the head you know we don't know what we're gonna think about the movie is it, as it you know yeah no there's no way yeah we even try like i i personally like to not talk too much about the movie and i've realized as we've done this more that it's good to talk about it a little bit but um i oftentimes don't know exactly how you guys felt until we sat down and we sit down and talk about it but I... I it, absolutely, it's more interesting when there are varied opinions, or at mm-hmm. least not even varied opinions, but we all get something different out of it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, as long as the conversation doesn't... And I, I would agree, I think some of our early episodes, we... uh Yeah, they happen sometimes because we just get really excited about whatever movie... We, you know what I mean? And yeah. and yeah, it's probably not nearly as interesting as listening to something uh, something uh like Pain and Gain, where me and Nick just went at it for a while. When it was <laughs> Rocky IV with me and Nick. Um But, uh... No, I'm like, I, I, I will say that tonight, and hopefully, um, Elias, is it Elias? Elias. Elias from Elias. Stockholm, Sweden. Um, or Elias, yeah, I don't know. Uh, agrees. I tried to be a little more, uh, normally I, would, I wouldn't, I would yeah. I tried to be a little, ni- I tried to focus my review of World War Z a little bit on the negative this time around, so and that I, maybe we could.
0: I think it's, it's it, it'll be good for us in the future to try and be devil's advocate, mm-hmm. which is hard for me personally, I might put it on Nick to kind of put together a list or something, because I don't like to consume any other reviews until I've gotten mine on the record, because I just don't... I don't want to be colored by how other people felt about the movie, and I feel as though I'm somewhat susceptible to that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's true of all people. So, I think it would be good for us to try and be a little bit more devil's advocate on the other side, like, you know, try and bring that kind of thing up. Although
1: there are still going to be some movies, I will warn you, that we're probably all just going to be like, oh my god, it was awesome, or... Oh, oh my, my god, so it was awful. awful.
0: So that's yeah, the
2: inevitable fact is that we've the three of us and the fourth who rotates in and out have, have been friends for some years, and we all have relatively corresponding interests. There's a
0: reason we get together so well. Yeah, and it's, it's because it's we have you know, and Tim's kind of the interesting one because a lot of the times he will have opposite opinions. He's such a wild card. Well, he tries to. Well, <laughs> yeah. he said
2: he wanted to give After Earth an A so bad. Yeah, <laughs> just to mess with us. Tim, he gave Tim's a just, D plus. And like I said, that's almost a C.
0: No. Tim, Tim Tim is just uh, he was just doing it for the the, the good of the podcast. Um, yes, he's a chimp. He's doing God's work. Elias. But we will on, try to do that. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Um, Elias goes on to say, I was surprised that you guys loved Wreck It Ralph as unconditionally as you did. I thought about I thought it was a bit shallow and not at all funny. Maybe I was depressed or something when I saw it because I didn't agree with anything you guys said about it almost. And then he said, I'm a huge Pixar fan, so it's not the animation thing, which I usually like. I was disappointed by Brave as well. I really hope that Disney hasn't destroyed uh, everything good with Pixar. That would truly suck. Monsters Um, U is out right now. We'll see uh, how that shapes up. Yeah. Yeah, Monsters U. I've heard good things about Monsters U, but, you know. I I think I'm going to see it sometime this week. Yeah, I was thinking about it, too. As far as
1: wreck Ralph is concerned, give it a rewatch.
0: The thing about wreck Ralph for me, personally, I felt... um, I don't know how Elias or Elias write in with your name so that we know. (laughs) And you know, but um, well, I can think of was big boy. We don't know his no idea what that means. his opinions on uh, video games. Mm. Like sure. all of us are really big video game fans, and sure. I think that kind of uh,
2: it's definitely a lot of fan service. It's definitely. a
0: big factor. Like there, there's a whole lot of fan service in Wreck-It Ralph that has to do with you know knowing. Like I get the biggest. I listen to the Giant Bomb cast, and one of the guys on there is dying to get a, a, a tapper machine. And the fact that they go to tapper to have a drink after work is so incredibly funny to me. And that's something that most people are just not ever gonna like care about. Well, when, or, and even in that scene, when, when in the background, out of focus in the background, you see Ryu go to the bathroom. Like, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's just, like, there's there's so many little references and just kind of like...
1: But I think if you watch it again and you try to kind of zone out all of that stuff that, and yeah. really just really just and I might be you, you might not like it and that's totally okay but I think if you try to focus a lot on Ralph purely as a character and what he's going through as a character not that he's a video just a character there's a really really cool story to be told that yeah. that, that is told there so I you know I but I understand if you if you're not huge into video games and you might be I don't know
0: I, it's kind of a weird it's easy for that message because it's a kids movie and it's totally. a palatable kids movie but it does have a message to it so it's easy it's easy for it to get lost but yeah. i think it's um i think it's worth a second watch if yeah. if you don't love video games i think it's it's easy for you to just you know not not love it as much as sure. we did i think that was certainly a big factor to us but oh, yeah. sure. i think it's a very well made film even without the video game stuff yeah. so um but yeah and and then he said it could be fun for you guys to talk about your guilty pleasure movies or actors in Food for Thought maybe you've done it already but it would be fun to listen to I'm not sure if we have or not I'm, I need to go through this week and make a catalog just so that I know what's been done and what hasn't but,
1: sure yeah I th- <laughs> yes we will do that at some point because guilty pleasures
2: we, we
3: will we, is, is Elias is this going to be the time we talk about ec- we Ballistic that. X versus? <laughs> can is can that a be. guilty pleasure yes and Tekken we
1: cannot have Tim on, on that episode exorcism. because he will dominate the entire <laughs> the entire Every, episode.
0: Everything Tim loves is he feels guilty about. <laughs> It'll be
1: the entire. You know what's funny though is Tim feels no guilt about anything he loves, so maybe it wouldn't be. No, that, yeah, that it would be a lot about, of fun. It'd like be a lot Tim of fun said to do about that.
2: Prince. It's a lifestyle. Exactly. Not, you can't exactly. feel guilty or happy
1: about it. It's a lifestyle. It'd be a lot of fun to do that though.
0: I, I mean I person I'm fairly certain that it's come out multiple times, but the for pest. some reason I have a very special place in my heart for the past and that's never ever gonna <laughs> I mean, change. Keanu. Yeah, well I don't feel guilty about Keanu. <laughs> I, there's nothing. there's no guilt to be felt there, but um you know. But well, anyway. That'd be fine. We'll look through the, the the uh list and see if we've done it before. We'll certainly put that question on the pile there and uh you know we can always come back around to it because we have a lot of stuff that we probably feel guilty about loving oh boy yes but that's a lot of feedback that's yeah no and it it was a fantastic email please keep writing into us yes thank you especially if you're from even if you're from you know sterling heights like uh one, one of our listeners was or if you're from sweden or you're down in 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 oz then it would be fantastic to hear from you send it to feedback at midwest film nerds.com my
1: fiance is part italian part french and part swedish and my favorite part is the swedish part so <laughs> rock on
0: so look out elias <laughs> willie's coming for it i'm into the swedes you're whole, you're all <laughs> swedish yeah oh man all right i think that's about it um yeah any final thoughts for this podcast Detroit loves Swedish people. I mean, like,
3: oh my God. A, a third yeah. of the
2: Red Wings are Swedish. Yeah.
3: And they're all our favorites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> they're the best players. It's like the Canadians are like, yeah, you're there. But the Swedes... Yeah, so we, we love you, Sweden. We yes. do. We love our our Swedish population. Can it's not really vis- our... The official
1: country of the Midwest, Midwest yes. Film Nerds podcast? <laughs> yes. Does that make so any, any sense? <laughs> yeah, no. That doesn't work, does oh. it? it
3: work uh, I would like to note that the Midwest Film Nerds podcast is the only place... That you can hear news about Calendar Man, <laughs> most likely.
0: Go to Gojo's Calendar Man corner.
2: You want to make? You want to just make a Calendar Man fan film? Uh,
3: I want to make another Calendar Man fan film, <laughs> uh, but that is neither here nor there, and I can neither confirm nor deny rumors that I will be playing Calendar Man in <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises again, <laughs> returns
0: forever. Reminds me of the... And Robin. uh, (laughs) And Robin. (laughs) The
2: unboxing unboxing
0: video. Yes, uh, we will have an unboxing video for the the prize that we gave away last week. uh, The Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 box set. It should go up sometime this week.
1: So that you can all see what you missed out on. Unless you won it. In which case, you can... (sighs) watch us enjoy it <laughs> i guess i don't
2: know yeah
0: so but we we do uh we're gonna establish a youtube channel hopefully we'll have more content yeah we've been bandying
2: it. around a lot of ideas for videos and
0: i'm overflowing with them all the time so i think nick's zombie great. cup overfloweth. <laughs> we're really pretty <laughs> pour so it out under the sun yeah we're gorgeous <laughs> you can get our first looks at us although nick cut himself out of it <laughs> that's true <laughs> but uh i edited around yeah so all right I think you that's it. see the hand that crafted the video. Yes. Just watch the video. The invisible hand. Yes. No, that's... Master that's hand. Yes. Crazy hand. Yes. Oh my gosh, this episode is over. End it now. It <laughs> yeah. This episode's done. Mercy uh, kill it. Uh, <laughs> uh, music, <I'm> and, <laughs> <laughs> music and artwork from at Ms. John on Twitter, my brother. You can find our Twitter accounts uh, at MFN Podcast on Twitter for the podcast. We also have a Vine and Instagram. That's about it. KyleXY, go watch a movie. Um,